So why is everyone still outside playing? I wouldn't call this playing, Mimi. This is a slugfest. Slugfest? Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about just why it is that we love it so much. And I, I'm going to be honest with you right up front, Jordan. Yeah. I'm going to be 100% real. Please. I, I don't know if I've got a lot to say about this one. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't love this episode so much. <laughs> Do you not love this episode? Is it? I do but not. that's weird because you love Chibiusa so much. Right. I She's don't. your favorite character, no. and you love her. No. If anything, as I said a million times, no. I love to hate her, and this is an episode that doesn't love to hate her. It just loves to love her, and I go, nope. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, look, we'll we'll get into this, but this is an episode that is largely free of all of our problems with Chibiusa. I mean, she's not like a jerk in this episode. She's perfectly fine. Perfectly in this one. Boring. And also kind of boring. (laughs) But, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We have yet to introduce our guest for this episode. Someone that I'm very excited to talk to. Vanessa Leslie is here. Vanessa, welcome to the show. Hi, great to be here. Now, uh, podcast listeners may already be familiar with you. You are the co-host of the show Script to Script. Uh, where you read a book, watch the movie, and then discuss the differences. Do I do I have that right? Yes. And oh, that's awesome. We've had some very interesting uh, books. We just finished reading and watching Flowers in the Attic. I'll actually be recording that episode later tonight with my boyfriend. Lots of incest, which a little later in the season, you may run into those themes a little bit in Sailor Moon. So there you go. Just a little Just a bit. little. There's some very minor subtextual undertones later on. A lot worse in Crystal if you ever get around to watching that. So they actually toned it Is down. It really? Yes. Yes. <laughs> see, see, okay, look. We I do not know where to stand on Crystal at this point. We have been <laughs> we have been told so many different things <laughs> since we completely gave up on it about three episodes <laughs> in. No, I and I get it. The the problem is the first two seasons, there's None of the fun character development you get, you don't really get to know them that much. So you kind of don't feel like you should get as invested as you do in the original run. But third season, they definitely start throwing in some of those fun moments that the characters have. Plus, you have the Otter Scouts coming in, which I love them. I'm wearing my Sailor Pluto shirt right now, so... Oh, are you that a Sailor Pluto fan? shirt to wear for our yes, recordings and this that's, week. that's also why. Oh, well, I, I look forward to talking about her uh, next week. 
Yes. Jordan, what what shirt are you wearing right now? Uh, just my my Luna shirt, my Luna face shirt. Okay, so both of you are wearing Sailor Moon theme shirts, uh, and now I feel like the jerk. <laughs> Let me, I'll be right back. I gotta get change. <laughs> what are you wearing? My shirt has Firestorm on it, <laughs> so I don't think Firestorm. he shows up in no the DC yeah. character. Yeah, uh, a great DC character. Any, anyway, you know what? Way off track. Uh, <laughs> Vanessa, that's. The, the idea behind that podcast is really, really interesting to me, because if we were even slightly more disciplined, <laughs> that is kind of something we would be doing with more regularity here on the show. Um, I have a- absolutely fallen behind on keeping up with the manga. I need to sit down and just blow through it so that we can talk about the changes here on the show. But you know what? That's why we have guests. You know what? If I could get through 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which is one of the driest books I've ever read, then I, I think you can read the manga. Uh, look, I think especially because I already enjoy the manga. <laughs> so, but you mentioned in your uh, initial email to us that this is a show that doesn't have a lot of episodes because it takes so much time. And I can imagine, like, if you read, if you're sitting down to read a novel, and then do, do you just watch? If you have something like, say, what is what is a frequently adapted Romeo and Juliet yeah. or Hamlet? Like, do you? Do you sit down and, and watch multiple adaptations, or you just just go one we at a time? We haven't yet, but we want to read uh, "I Am Legend" because there was the one uh, oh. that Vincent Price was in, I believe, in like the '60s. Yeah, and then there's obviously the the newer one, and then there's also Omega Man. Yes, that's what it was called. Uh, there's you know a lot of the classics, Frankenstein, Dracula, like so many of those. They've done a lot of takes on, and we know for some of those, Tarzan is another one. They've done a lot. So we definitely want to do that because even Flowers in the Attic, they did one in 2014 with Heather Graham. And it's like, yeah, but I think that one, they maybe are a little closer to the book, which has a lot of the kind of the ick factor in it. So we didn't really feel like watching that. Right after the last season of Hannibal aired, I I I loved it so much, and I... Uh, the f- next thing I did was read the book of Red Dragon, and then as soon as I finished Red Dragon, I watched the movie of Manhunter and the movie of Red Dragon. So within like the span of like two weeks, I, I had experienced that story in four different ways, and it was really interesting seeing the different ways that it was adapted. And that is one we have on our list, and we do want to do that because I've actually never seen Red Dragon, but I saw Manhunter, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. my boyfriend, I think, hasn't seen Manhunter, but he has watched Red Dragon, so that would... Be a little different. That's great. I, I do recommend it. Yeah, it's way fun. I think the the closest I've come to that is that every October I watch as many Dracula movies as I can. Well, I have also been writing comics about Dracula. <laughs> so. Dracula must. I mean, I feel like Dracula. Like, I'm sure there are some very you know adaptations that actually try to tell the story, but I feel like so many Dracula stories would just probably be them going, "Yeah, yeah, I got it. I got Dracula. I, I don't need to read the book or do anything to do with that." Well, that's. I mean, look, this is something that I've talked about. I think I probably even talked about it on this show when we did Last Dracul, which is the most recent <laughs> quote adaptation unquote of Dracula that I've watched. That's. Uh, I don't actually like the novel. The, the the Bram Stoker novel of Dracula. I find it I find all the the people in that novel to be very insufferable. <laughs> like I hate them. Uh you know, I, I think it's I think it's well written and I enjoy the uh the epistolary format, but I, I I the novel is kind of my least favorite part of Dracula. Whereas I love the the Hammer movies, 
which start with with Horror of Dracula, which is more or less an adaptation, and then just go completely bonkers in the next seven sequels. Hmm. I've never seen so, those. Oh, you should. Oh, you should watch them. Okay, if you're gonna watch one, look. This is a this is a mid June recommendation <laughs> for a Dracula movie for everybody. If you're gonna watch one, watch uh, Taste the Blood of Dracula. What? Because it tastes. First the of blood all, of Dracula. The title is amazing. <laughs> yep. And second of all, it's it's Dracula dealing with like just jerks, <laughs> just a bunch of awful jerks who get Dracula over the course of the film. <laughs> Dracula. That is. Okay. That is a fun term right there. You totally get what you're talking about, though, but I've never heard the term Dracula. If you want to watch a terrible, awful adaptation of Dracula, (laughs) I I can't believe I'm talking about this. But back when I was at the radio station where I did all my radio shows, uh, in the soundtrack section, there was a soundtrack for a movie uh, an Italian softcore porn <laughs> called Vampiros Lesbos. And the soundtrack is amazing. And so at some point, the bunch of already people found out that it was on Netflix disc, you know, DVD rental back then. And we went, let's watch it. And it is awful. It is terrible in all aspects. So it, it, but except for the it music. Is it about a bunch, a bunch of vampires from the island of Lesbos? I'm, I'm assuming that's what it is. <laughs> so close. <laughs> No, it's just a lesbian version of Dracula, basically. It's just a lady Dracula. Uh, that is uh, that is one of two lesbian versions of Dracula of which I am aware. One of which I own. <laughs> What's that the, one? Well, it's, it's called Lust for Dracula. It is a super low-budget uh, softcore <laughs> lesbian film. But the, the notable thing about it is that all of the parts are played by women, including the parts that are still written as male. So, like, Jonathan Harker is a woman and, and like, Renfield is a woman. Oh, my God. Which I think is very interesting. I have so. it just for the interesting, like, the, the interest. Oh, for, for uh, the that's art. All. Yes, we, we understand. For the art. <laughs> so, getting back, like, okay, look, that was Dracula Business, our third <laughs> spinoff show. Oh, my God. Uh, Apparently, we are not the only uh, podcast that has discussed doing a uh, a spinoff, like multi-part in-depth breakdown of the Fast and Furious franchise. But we are not the ones who came up with uh, with the tagline watching these movies a quarter hour at a time, which I'm very like I am jealous of that. But getting back <laughs> to Sailor Moon, the the nominal reason why we are here with that being your your background as far as podcasting did you did you go back to the manga to prepare for the episode this episode of sailor business or did you just watch the I the just show? watched I've read some of the manga but it's I don't know for yeah you're saying oh I should just go down and read it and I read all these other novels for my podcast but for some reason I just can't sit down to read manga I, I haven't really been reading manga for years anime is mainly what I mm watch and it i i don't know well because like obviously the episode we're doing today is not in the the manga at all but the next one kind of touches on it a little bit but obviously the majority of that episode is still filler (laughs) yes it is yeah it's it's look we'll get to it uh so i guess that brings me to the more in-depth question which is what is your background with sailor moon because i think you have a really interesting story as far as your personal yeah. <laughs> relationship to to our lord and savior uh, Usagi so when i was about 12 i <sighs> was sick home one day and flipping through the channels i landed on toonami and 
there was this animated show going on and turns out it was Sailor Moon. And I remember which episode it was. It was the one in season one where she and her family go to the hot springs and there's that lake demon that gets unleashed. So it was like a filler episode, but not quite Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. bad as some filler episodes were, which I think helped. And I told my twin about it and she and I started watching it and, you know, getting up early because we had two episodes on from seven to eight on Fox. We'd recorded on VHS tapes. Like I, I remember I printed out little chibi versions of the scouts and I glued it on the inside of my school folder so I could look at them because I was obsessed. And then luckily, like freshman year of high school, that's when they started the third season. So then she and I would race home from school every day record them and watch those tapes over and over. And then after about sophomore year of high school, I kind of stopped caring about Sailor Moon. So a few years later, got our laptops for college, had the internet going. And we're like, hey, we should try to find the last season of Sailor Moon. And lo and behold, I discover this awesome website. Maybe you guys have heard of it. It's called YouTube. And that's how I found YouTube was searching for Sailor Moon (laughs) and watched the fifth season finally. And then a few years after that, we got, like, podcasts started happening. And we're like, you know what? We like anime and manga. Maybe we should try to find something. So we found this podcast called Anime Pulse. That's the that's a parent podcast. And then they have Manga Pulse and a couple other offshoots. And for $5 a month, you can become a premium subscriber, which allows you to sit in on the recordings with the hosts. So I paid the $5, and eventually I started talking to one of the hosts. We just kind of were exchanging messages for a while, and then eventually I flew out to meet him. And six years later, we have a house together and two dogs. So if it weren't for Sailor Moon, I wouldn't be with my boyfriend and a thousand miles away from where I grew up. Oh, that's a that's a, a very sweet story. And in your email, you you said if it wasn't for yes. Sailor Moon, I wouldn't have found my non creepy tuxedo. He does throw roses at me randomly, but that's just that's just how we roll. <laughs> oh, I should start doing. Nobody, nobody tell Aiden, but I think I need to start doing that. Agreed. Uh, that that would be the most expensive thing that I think I could do to make my girlfriend. It's like she's very doing the dishes, and all of a sudden you just throw up and be like, "Believe in yourself. You can wash that," and then just run away. <laughs> oh, oh no! I wash the dishes. That is that is a that is a house rule. Vanessa, thank you so much for for coming on the show. That's a super awesome story. I'm I'm really glad to have you, and I'm really glad that you. I, I I'm glad that you liked Sailor Moon and that you got back into Sailor Moon. And then immediately went to podcasts because I feel like <laughs> actually that is a path what how that I found you guys you right was uh, the Sailor Moon subreddit. You guys had just started. I think you were only like seven or eight oh. episodes in, and someone mentioned they're like, "Oh, you should try this podcast." I'm like, "A podcast dedicated to Sailor Moon?" Oh, and then I like run to the computer and get all that. And then lo and behold, what like a year later, I am now on it. That's awesome. A podcast where two confused men uh, bewilder their guests by arguing over whether crystals are, quote, real. They're not. Editors note, there's a little sync issue, so the next couple minutes are going to sound a little weird. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So who's your favorite scout? My favorite is Jupiter. Okay. Follow-up question. How tall are you? I am (laughs) 5'6". There you go. Yep. It just, it just, and I have brown hair. Out. 
Now, when you were like when you were younger, uh, I guess getting into Sailor Moon at around twelve, you may have been uh, like a little too old to have that Sailor Moon friend group experience. But did you like? Did you think of yourself as like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a Jupiter? No, it wasn't necessarily like identified. I just really liked the character. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's awesome. I love uh, Makoto. But what's, what's bad is. Uh, Overall, my twin's favorite is Uranus, but when it comes to Inner Scouts, hers is Mercury. So when you're shipping Mercury and Jupiter, a little bit of me is like, <laughs> That's perfect. I was just taking a drink when you said it. So I, that was going to be my follow-up question, was where do you stand on the Miracle Romance? Well, I still laugh is, uh, whenever you're, you're talking about it. But, like, part of me is like, oh, I don't like the thought of, like, I picture you with, like, a Mercury and Jupiter dolls just, like, smashing them up against each other. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I, I, I'm not going to say I haven't done that. But, no, they stay on the shelf in their transformation poses. That's where they, that's where they, they are and shall remain. So you haven't posed them, so Mercury is falling forward? And Jupiter's behind her with her hand up in front of her mouth. <laughs> well, I'm going to now. Oh, <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Tuxedo Mask and and Memoru and I the real Miracle Romance really for reals? Don't care for him that much. In Crystal, okay. he is much better because it actually feels like there's a reason why they're together because they actually like each other. Versus in the original anime, it's like, yeah, you're just destined to be together, so you're going to be together. It feels more like an arranged marriage than true love, a miracle romance. <laughs> okay, fair yeah, enough. I, I feel like it, it, it's taken me this long to put it together, uh, probably largely because I'm not, aside from Sailor Moon, which I love, I'm not, like, huge into to anime. But would, this is, this is a question for the listenership. Tweet at Sailor Business if you if you'd like. Would we consider Tuxedo Mask to be uh, Tsundere? Is that like is, is that an appropriate anime trope to apply to his character? Because I feel like you don't often see that with 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 men in anime, right? Like it's usually uh, applied to the the girls. No thoughts on that. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Well, that yeah, I've never seen it applied to men. It's always been girls, and because that's I always see men being like, "Oh, this is she is my woman," and like posting pictures of random chicks from anime. You never see a woman doing it. Uh, a quick update: Aiden just uh, texted me, "What would make me angry with you?" <laughs> and I said, "Throwing roses at you," and she just said, "Oh my god, don't do that." So <laughs> looks like that is not going to happen. Before we move on, uh, I do have a little bit of sailor business to take care of. That's the name of the show. Oh. Uh, this has to do with our t-shirt club, which you can find at sailorbusiness.ttoki.com. That's T-E-E-T-O-K-I. This is the monthly uh, sailor business-inspired t-shirt that we're doing that you can get for $15 plus shipping and help support the show, uh, help support the artists who like the show. Uh, I believe we're recording this before it goes up. The first shirt is gone. It is it, it is merely but a memory now, which was the moon pudding shirt. Uh, I believe the next shirt is going to be Kindhearted Girl Genius, our Sailor Mercury themed shirt, as designed by Christina Murdaugh. But uh, so good. I do not know that for sure. It's it's really good. Like I've seen the design before, and it's awesome. 
Uh, so hopefully that is going to be the shirt. So check that out. You can also find a link to it on sailorbusiness.com, uh, along with links to all the other stuff we do, like Jordan's uh, ukulele covers of yep. all the, the Sailor Moon soundtrack entries. Well, a lot of them, anyway. You should do literally all of them. <sighs> Some of them aren't that good. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> But uh, I did I did get an email from someone who picked up a shirt and uh, wondered when it was going to be sent out. Uh, like I said, they are they're printed to order, so they they ship out once a month. I think the next one is probably going to be in mid July. So make sure if you if you want the uh, awesome Sailor Mercury themed shirt to check that out before mid July. And it'll but, say uh, on the site. It'll say on the site when it's shipping out. Uh, yes. We just don't know yet off the top of our heads. <laughs> uh, but this is – we got an email because someone wanted to see if it was going to ship in time for a very special day. Uh, so I just wanted to to say a happy anniversary uh, to James and Lindsay, uh, oh. Sailor Business listeners. Uh, Lindsay was the, the Sasha Banks fan who got in touch with us. And again, Sasha Banks, if you're out there, get in touch. <laughs> we would love to have you on the show. But happy anniversary, James and Lindsay. Uh, and – Lindsay, please enjoy your uh, various Sailor Moon-themed anniversary presents. Yay. Yay. Miracle that, Romance. I was going to say, that is a Miracle Romance. Aww. And the shirt will be there soon, if it's not there already, which it probably is by the time you hear this. <laughs> Fingers crossed. So, is it time for the show, or is there more? <laughs> no, it's time for the show. It's, I'm pretty sure it is time now for the show. Well, just before we get to the show, since this is a very relevant question, Vanessa, do you are you a fan of Chibi Yusa? The original anime run, not so much, and I think part of it was the original voice actress they had for the dub. Mm-hmm. I'm rainy. It was just <laughs> <laughs> like my sister and I are both just ah. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to watching later in the season, like especially once you get to S and Super S, she becomes a much better character, and in Crystal, she's better. But at this point in R, no, no, I do not like Chibiusa. Well, then we're in for some fun. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I feel like we're gonna have a real good time with this episode. <laughs> you might have noticed that the the rambling preamble section of the show has been a little longer than usual, almost like we're dreading going further. We can do this. Chris, what's the name of the episode this week? Uh, let's see. So this is a this is a, a Rini centric episode. Is is the word Rini in it? No, no. What's the well, what's the what's the original name first? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't even think I said it at the top of the show. We're watching Sailor Moon R episode 81. The Dark Gate is completed. The targeted elementary school. That is the title in Japanese. <laughs> uh, all right. Rini's name is not in the Deke title. But let's see if you can guess what it might be. Okay, putting on my putting on my '90s Deke producer hat, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and just like easiest easiest one, school days with a Z. Oh no! I really no? thought you might be able to get this one. I really thought you might get this one. Okay, um, give, give me one. Give me one more shot. Like, give me a hint. Give me a hint. It's a name. It's a title that it shares with something else. Star Wars. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, I see now I now I have no idea. Now I really have no idea. Child's play. <laughs> Child's play. 
Boo. <laughs> Boo. This episode would be better if it had Chucky in it. I don't think so. Chucky <laughs> scares me. He scares you? Oh, yeah. Like, I, like... I mean, Jordan, you know I don't like horror movies. Like, Dracula accepted. I do not... I, I, I don't... I do not mess with horror movies. Do you watch like serious horror movie Dracula movies? No, I mostly watch like I, I mean Dracula is not scary. <laughs> like I mostly watch, you know, Hammer Dracula movies or stuff like Dracula Three Thousand. Yeah, well, that sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, I think you'd be awesome because it's Dracula in the future. Oh, so I don't know what to tell you, bro. <laughs> but no, like yeah, not not a not a Chucky fan. Mm. Well, so it is. I guess before we get into this episode, do we need to do I need I, I guess I should recap. We don't have the votes in yet on whether I need to continue with the bit, but I think I can actually like, there is some stuff that we need to to, to get r- listeners caught up on before we go into this is episode. There, right. Is there really? Yeah, I, I mean, cheap use is kind of complicated. Yeah, but. Are we as are so 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 you're assuming there are people listening for the first time this episode? Every 81st episode of a Sailor Moon podcast is someone's first. Jordan <laughs> Stanley said that, I think. I'm pretty sure. It's true. Absolutely but... stop listening and go back. <laughs> we have so many recurring bits. You don't even know what the moon pudding is. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right, go ahead. Yeah, okay. Five give me five seconds, I'll do it real quick. <laughs> Shorter than that. Come on. Okay. I can do it in three. Go. Can you put, can you put three on the clock? Uh, it's already going. Oh, okay. This show is called Sailor Moon. It's about Usagi Tsukino. She's uh, 14 years old. She's a cancer. Her blood type is O. Her birthday is coming up uh, very soon, I think. It's June 30th. She will be 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, that's how it works. She's she's 14 until the show says she's 15. No, I'm pretty sure this year she will be 37. That's uh, that sounds right. Because yeah, I think she's I think she's born in so. 78. Yeah, maybe 38. I'll, I'll have to double look. Yeah, but she but, uh, yes, as Vanessa said, she has stopped aging and achieved perfect immortality. That is very <laughs> spoiler true. warning for the for the next eight years of this show. Now, the thing about achieving uh, perfect immortality is that in about a thousand years, she's going to have a kid. <laughs> that kid is also named Usagi Tsukino, uh, and I believe is also a cancer whose blood type is O and whose birthday is June 30th. Her name is Chibiusa, which means little Usagi. And she has come back from the future to try and find the silver crystal, because in the future, Crystal Tokyo is being attacked by the Black Moon Clan, a group of evil baddies from the planet Nemesis, which has returned to our solar system. For reasons unknown, they want to conquer Tokyo. That 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 does it, right? You got the Black Moon Clan hunting down Rini, who has traveled back to the past. There's also Sailor Scouts involved. It's a very complicated show. Please go back and listen to the earlier episodes. I like how that you makes... went straight from Chibiusa to calling her Rini. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, can help it. Can help again, it. go listen to earlier episodes. <laughs> There's only so much we can do. I do want to say about that. Uh, I just checked. She's going to be 38. She was born in 78. Yeah. Okay. That that makes that makes sense. Well, if you guys are still doing the show when t- she turns 40, you're going to have to do a big celebration. We, we oh yeah, we that'll forty lordy Serena's 40. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. That's a good idea. Although, again. There is some debate whether she waits a thousand years to have a child or 
<laughs> as a child very soon that stays five years old for a thousand years. We got a very depressing email about this. Oh, no. Uh, about the idea that uh, the only people who are actually immortal in Crystal Tokyo are the people who are around now. So so uh, Chibiusa is fated to grow like to grow old and die. Uh-huh. While her mother remains eternal and unchanging. And I was like, I was like, whoa, maybe, maybe tone that one down a little bit. That's so sad. And also not yeah. true. Not but canon. it is, but it is a, uh, like, people are trying to explain why after a thousand years, a thousand years, uh, Usagi and Memoru have one child who is five years old. Well, like, why did they wait 995 years? Because this whole idea that she's 900 years old, it's like, it hinges on this other idea that you can control your aging with your mind. Well, can you not do that, like you, Jordan? No. Like, it's like, she's so immature that she hasn't aged from five to six yet. And it's like, no, those people who are immature, they just get older and are still immature. I mean, I'm probably one of them, so there you go. Well, maybe, Vanessa, she, what were you saying? maybe she can only do it because when she was conceived, the silver crystal was, like, right on the nightstand. And somehow it affected the baby in utero. Because that, that's actually, when my boyfriend and I were watching it, that's what he assumes, which is why she can't recognize her, that Sailor Moon is her mom. Spoilers. Because... Wait, say that again? Explain that it, again? The reason she can't notice that Sailor Moon is her mom is because it also yeah. basically, it's, what did he say? It, it causes, it's like radiation poisoning or something. To, to babies, what? so it made her kind of a, a little simple. Oh no, no, that's that's also not canon. Well, you can't prove it. Here, here is here is my question. We're getting real deep into Sailor Moon lore at this point, and, and raising questions the show never asked or was prepared <laughs> to ask. How did she get to be five? Like that's that's the thing. Like she should either be aging normally. Or an infant forever. Like she should not have have grown up to five and stopped. If well, that's she is, what I'm saying. It's this idea if she is that truly 900 years old. That like it's this idea that like you could just be like, nope, this is the age I am. I'm not ready to move on yet. And it's like, no, that's not a thing. I mean, I guess there is also the possibility. Then that does introduce the possibility that the Sailor Scouts stay looking exactly the way they look because they want to. And if they wanted to be like an elegant 40 year old woman, they could. But they're like, nah, I'd rather be 15. <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a conversation that we're going to need to revisit in in much more depth whenever we get to uh, episode 200. No, I mean, <laughs> yes, but no, whenever we get to Wicked Lady showing up. Oh, sure. Because that's going to raise like that. <laughs> that's where the whole thing goes off the rails. It, uh-huh. In what I think is the best way possible. But for now, for now, <laughs> Chibiusa is five years old, and that means it is time for her to go to kindergarten. So break out your watercolors, because it's time for a watercolor flashback. Time. That's three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it felt a little longer that time. <laughs> what? <laughs> a little longer than three seconds. I don't know. <laughs> Something wrong with my watch? I don't know. Well, you just willed your watch to stop at three seconds. <laughs> exactly. There you go. So uh, we open, as I said, with a with a watercolor flashback. Chibiusa is going to school. 
Uh, apparently, Akuko has gotten her all registered with the local school board. And uh, or they brainwashed the school board. Or, or yeah, she might have just hypnotized them with an umbrella. That happens. <laughs> Which, okay, what's what's Chibiusa going to learn at school from a thousand years ago? <laughs> Right. (laughs) That is my question. Well, I would say here, here, here's a terrible proposal. Maybe, uh, maybe no, maybe knowledge has not advanced in a thousand years because no one lives, no one ages or dies. So they just kind of all got lazy. (laughs) People stopped discovering things because they were like, "Eh, everything's fine. Or she's like a vampire bringing it back, bringing it back. And she is keeping up appearances by going to school to look normal. Like, the Cullens in Twilight. There's really oh. no reason other than that. The, the Cullens who could easily pass for 25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the movie. But just continually go to to high school because that's what you want to do forever, right? High school. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, whatever the reason, she is going to school, which makes sense because she is a five-year-old living in the present. I just think it's weird because if you imagine, like, Imagine going to school in the year 1016. <laughs> that is basically what's happening with her. I mean, admittedly, oh. we know what germs are now. <laughs> we have light bulbs. But who knows what we don't know? Yeah, who knows what we don't know? Well, you two enjoy uh, school. As a woman, I do not think I would be allowed, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You like we would we would enjoy uh, learning about humors, and you would have fun at the convent, I guess. <laughs> or we would be put to work. Dead or I'd already be dead from childbirth. You know. Yeah. There you go. I mean, in all honesty, I believe Jordan and I would probably be dead <laughs> for instantly from from all the modern health problems we have from yeah. our soft, weak city bodies. <laughs> yeah. But you leave very clean Speaking corpses, of- so there. There you go. Speaking of illness, Rini is sick again. These people get oh, sick all the goddamn time. You are skipping ahead, but yes, that's true. The reason we're getting a flashback is because Rini's sick, oh, but we get a flashback of her in school on her first day, and uh, where she is introduced as Usagi Tsukino. Right, 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 right. Uh, which is hilarious, because again, that is <laughs> that is another character's name. Uh, I wish they would have introduced her as her with her full name, which is Usagi Small Lady Serenity Tsukino. <laughs> And despite not having another Usagi in the classroom that we know of, there is a child who immediately upon hearing her name, first, Shingo's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, accurate, yes. He, he, he leans back, elbows straight up, and then he says, oh, we're going to call you Chibiusa, which, uh, as you most likely know already, is Japanese for little Usagi. Now, everyone seems to think this is grotesquely insulting, despite the fact that this is her name and what she is called by everyone else in her life. Right. What are they even calling her little based on? They're all children. (laughs) She is not appreciably smaller than any of them. That is true. And And they don't know that she has a a big version of herself. When her friend Momo comes to visit and she, like, runs to hug her, they're the same height. Yeah. I just don't know why... Like, why it would be... Because then... Um, okay, so this other girl in class, Momo, rolls up a magazine and bops this guy on the head. Puts an end to his shingoing. Toot de sweet. Teacher does not say a word. <laughs> Teacher is checked out. <laughs> but uh, then he immediately says, 
okay, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make fun of you. But can we still call you Chibiusa? And she's like, yeah, that's fine. That's what everyone calls me. <laughs> so why? What about this was insulting? I guess he said it in an insulting tone. Right. But I don't know what, like, if I was like, like, Jordan, I guess I'm going to call you Lil Jordy. <laughs> Whatever. Like, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I would never that. do that. That's terrible. Yeah. No, you cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm Lil Jordy. <laughs> no. That's next no. week. That's next week. But, uh, like, it's not inherently insulting. Right. But they're, they're very particular it's, about I their mean, names over there. How you can't get too familiar too quickly. And maybe that's where it comes from. Oh, that is true. And so it's like going straight from like, yeah, I met I, you and I'm giving you this nickname that kind of butchers your name. It, it's too personal too quickly. That makes well, a lot of sense. I mean, realistic, realistically, if you immediately start calling someone little and then their name, that sounds like you're insulting them, period. It does sound like you're insulting them. I guess, I guess my hang-up is that <laughs> everyone else calls her that. Right, right. Uh, but the idea of, of first-name familiarity being such a bigger thing in Japan than it is in America, that is something I had completely forgotten about it until you said it, Vanessa. That's the only way I could see it being so, an yeah. insult, really. Yeah, and it also makes that, – that, that makes a lot of sense with him then going, okay, well, I'm sorry. Can we still call you by your, by your familiar I mean, nickname? if she were, like, fat, I uh, could see it. Like, that would be the kind of American thing. Be like, oh, you're so big. I'm going to call you little. <laughs> What's up, yeah, tiny? exactly. Biggie Smalls. <laughs> What's up, Slim? <laughs> so, anyway, this turns out to be a, a memory that Chibiusa is having because she is laying in bed sick once again. But it's okay. The cats are looking after her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're yeah. just going to leave the leave the cats in charge of this sick child. Well, who else are you going to put in charge of them? Venus? Uh, Ikuko? That would be my guess. Yeah, the, okay. Fair. I mean... Running like I do not want to uh, to dismiss the hard work done by any stay at home mothers or or housewives uh, because running a household is very difficult. But also, you know, that is what a cuckoo does. Like she's in charge of the house. She does not go to the office. Fair enough. But no, Ar- Artemis has it. Ar- Artemis got it. Artemis on top of things. <laughs> she wakes up. Oh man, this this episode. So <laughs> there's so much to go through, and there's so little uh, yeah. to go through. There's okay. This is the first of like two or three notes I actually have written down on this episode. When Chibiusa wakes up, she doesn't have her hair in her odongos. We see her with her hair down for the first time ever. Not enough hair. She does not have enough hair. No, not that is not the amount of hair you would need for the massive bunny ear odongo she has, and also those jet wings. (laughs) Maybe she just puts them up in pigtails and she has like clip ins. (laughs) You think she has extensions? Well, no, because we actually see her hair go from up to down later in the episode. Oh, we do. Yep. Also, uh, Chibiusa is wearing her pajamas, which are her weird Pagliacci pajamas. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Her Studio Del Art clown. uh, And she's got bunny and cat uh, bedspread. Yeah. Not not only bunny and cat, white rabbits and the Luna P. (laughs) That is what is on her extremely personalized bed sheets. They, yeah, they have custom bed sheets in this household. Yeah, we. I look. That is a baller lifestyle that I really <laughs> want to get into. I want to have bed sheets, custom bed sheets that reflect my them? interests and name. Yeah, what's on them? What's on them? I mean, I guess I could probably just go buy Batman bed sheets. <laughs> 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 yeah, unless you're like, no, it's got to be Batman and Dracula. 
Oh, there you go. The the thing is though, the thing is though, Santa Claus. As I have as I have said before, nothing nothing lower than five hundred thread count touches this. (laughs) Oh yeah, you're not gonna find Batman in that in that. You do not find you not find printed Batman sheets with with, on Egyptian cotton. You don't know. Maybe maybe. Uh, Vanessa, what would you have on your? Um, honestly, I would probably want Sailor Moon bed sheets like. (laughs) <laughs> Jupiter in um Sailor Moon drops. It's like the second wallpaper you can get. Pretty much like do that mm-hmm. in a bed sheet. Cool. Uh, Jordan, what will be on your like cats and ukuleles? I mean, sure. I I I mean again, it's hard not to be like, well, I would just have Sailor Moon's sheets because I like Sailor Moon so much. But yeah, ukuleles Are and cats would be cool. Buttholes though. <laughs> Those no. will be on mine and no. <laughs> You, you need no. one. You need one, this and it's like, you know, the Waldo of your bed sheet. You have to find it. <laughs> Where's the cat butthole? It's on the back of the cat. Oh. Generally speaking. Well, no. Uh, so all the scouts show up to. <laughs> <laughs> so all the scouts show up to bring uh, Chibiusa a get well soon present. And with them, they have brought her school chum who is coming to visit, Momo. It's not uh, just any friend, though. No, it's her cute about... friend. They specifically say cute, her, friend. Her cute friend. My question is, what if she wasn't cute? Would, would they have just said, your friend's here, if you want to call her that? <laughs> so I, I want to talk about Momo for a little bit. Um, her name means peaches. Yes. Uh, her full name is actually Momoko Momohara. Uh, she has a, a very distinct style of dress. She has a very... Um, I think is meant to be a a kind of stereotypically Chinese outfit. She's got the kind of, you know, Chun-Li bun in her hair under the little, the little thing, Mm -hmm. which again, you can, you can tell my familiarity with other cultures and exactly where it comes from (laughs) because the Chun-Li bun is the only way I can describe that. And apparently she, uh, is a little more prominent in the manga, uh, but she she lives below a Chinese restaurant owned by her parents and has a fondness for gardening. Ah. And yes, as Jordan said, her name means Peach Child, uh, while well, the first character in her last name means Peach and the second character means Original. So she, was, <laughs> she is the Original Peaches, is Momo. <laughs> that is a, a solid Flophouse slash League of Their Own joke for this Sailor Moon podcast. I think in the dub, in the Deke dub, her name is Melissa. I think it's Melissa. And does good. anyone else find it a little funny that she's Momo and then the nickname for Mamoru is Mamo? It, it just it just seems a little yep. too close. You think they'd want to make it a little different? Actually, what's funny about that is between that this and the next episode, you're right. Then she's constantly either yelling for uh, Mamo, Momo, or Mama. <laughs> Uh, spoiler warning, but I just found out this is not Momo's last appearance. She is going to be back in, in, uh, yep. S. She has purple so, hair in nice. that episode. And so wow. for now, though, she is, uh, Chibiusa's school friend who, uh, sits and talks to Chibiusa about how much fun they had at school. And she is the reason that Chibiusa is so eager to go back to school after she gets, uh, better from whatever mysterious Black Moon Clan plague she has contracted this week. No, probably just regular, regular sick. Probably, but one one never can Let's face tell. It, if it were Black Moon Clan, the cats putting cold compresses on her would not fix it. I, I think she'd need a little something <laughs> more than that. 
I mean, look, you would think that, but competency has never really been the Black Moon Clan's uh, calling card. Except in this episode, where Esmeralda yeah. finally figures it out. <laughs> the thing well, that we've so, been saying for a month now. Yes, you're right. So, f- first of all, let me just say, we're, for an episode we have nothing to say about, we've spent a long time on, like, one minute of it. Um, yes. <laughs> but part two. So the end of this scene, uh, like, they're all going like, yeah, it's so nice that she's happy. It's so nice that she's happy. And then... Amy goes, I wonder why the enemy is after Chibiusa. And everybody is like, I don't know, embarrassed or flummoxed or something? Like, I don't know what that reaction is supposed to be. Are they like, oh, we've never even thought to ask that question before? Or I don't know. I don't know why they are all freaked out. I think what it is is that everybody's sitting around going, isn't it cool that Chibiusa has a friend? Like, yeah, it's awesome. She's, you know, she's doing so well in school. Like, this this other girl really likes her. And then uh, Amy's like, yeah, she's, somebody's trying to murder her, though. <laughs> somebody's trying to, to kill her constantly. So, so it really, it could be like, she should be like, yeah, it is nice for her. Of course, aren't we endangering the whole school? I'm sending her there. Really? Well, and and they're discussing this while sitting in the room, just watching her talk to her friend <laughs> yeah. yep. with cats, with with talking cats. Did the did the cats say anything? I feel like they did when the scouts came in. I feel like there um, is a scene in this episode where they speak in front of people, which you know, like they just nobody cares anymore about the talking cats. No one cares. If I lived in Dubon, I wouldn't care either. Well, actually, that that begs the question. Uh, Can people actually hear them? Because Mamoru mentioned, like, did that cat just talk? But we know he's not a normal person. Maybe average people can't hear them. That is a a good thought. But then why? But then there have been scenes where they're like out in in public and the cats meow. The cats are like, meow, meow. Like, really, really play it up since they're out in public. That is true. For comedic timing, probably. Now we get to the Dark Kingdom's plan, or at least the beginnings of it. The Dark Henge this time is gold instead of green, which signifies something. I don't know. I, I, the only reason I can think of is that this Dark Henge is doing a lot better than the others. So maybe it, maybe it turns gold. And there are two of them. So I don't know. Uh, also, uh, and then, so, I'm, so in the park... A henge. Bam. There it is. A guy grows out of rocks. So apparently this, these droids are rock people, even though that will never come up again. Yeah. And <laughs> one of the few, uh, at least male-coded monsters that we've had in a yeah. while. Like, I can't remember the last time that we've had any, you know, Yoma, uh, Cardian, or droid that was was coded male since, like, since like Gigi, you know? like yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a long time. But, but I think... The problem is they're like there's no design to them. They're just dudes in tank tops. Oh, there's a design if you basically want to do a slightly redone kunzite. Yeah, kind of casual kunzite. Yeah, I can I can see these guys as as casual kunzite. They're like they're in tank tops <laughs> and pajamas. They look like they're about the the beach on a on a Friday afternoon. Very very disappointing design. To be honest with you. So then we pull back and we see waves of dark energy rippling through the park. Which we and know then, is visible now. <laughs> Which we oh know yeah. you can see. And then we pan across the city to Juban Public Elementary School. And there's also dark energy pulsing there. What? What's going on? Well, they have another hinge there. Also golden with a very similar looking dude. Hey, is that the same dude? No. 
But how can you tell? That's right, bro. They're double engine. <laughs> They're double engine. Esmeralda shows up and she's like, good job. <laughs> no more roundabout plans. Yeah. Esmeralda shows up and says, this is going to work. No more roundabout plans. That's not my style. And no, Esmeralda, roundabout plans are 100% your style. It's the only thing you've been doing. <laughs> like, your style as it currently exists is a green mini dress and roundabout plans. Well, she's moving away from the Jedi school and going directly for... I'm just building the energy. I, I mean, again, I well, it's, it's because we don't know what energy means, what has to be done to generate energy. Like, the whole thing is nonsense. If you can just put a thing up and go, just on, just go, doesn't have to bother anyone. I mean, we're going to see in a moment that, that stuff happens at the school, but as far as I can tell, nothing happens at the park. Yeah, nothing happens at the park, and nothing happens at the school until after this extremely powerful Dark Henge is more or less, like, I mean... It's the name of the episode. The dark gate is completed. Like, no, there's a question mark there, though. Oh, I guess there is. But still, <laughs> there's not like there's not like a droid teaching class. Right. Like, no, but there's not an evil teacher being like, and up. now you must kill each other. But as soon as they show up, they're affected. Yeah. Like, so I guess nobody went to the park that day. <laughs> yeah. So we find out. Yes. Then all of a sudden they, they show us. Look, there's two of them. They are similarly colored and otherwise identical, but not quite the same colors. Their names are Shiral and Arshiral, or, in the Deke dub, Doom and Gloom. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait a second. Yep. yep. Did we previously have the Doom and Gloom girls? Yes. <laughs> this is their younger brothers, I guess. <laughs> and not only that, they recycle the same jokes, uh, not from that one, but... At least like two to three times in this episode of the Deke episode, they they use the joke of Tweedle Doom and Tweedle Gloom, which is dumb. All right, <laughs> <laughs> like not to get ahead of myself, not a good episode. <laughs> nope. Okay, so the next day, uh, much like her mother, spoiler warning, uh, Chibiusa is running late for school, and it's actually a good thing that she arrives so late. In the company of both a talking cat and a floating robot that looks exactly like the talking cat's head. That no one ever notices. That no one ever notices. She turns the corner at her school and it is fucking Mad Max times. <laughs> there are children punching each other in the face. The windows of the school have all been shattered. There is a like, full on riot going on. Every window. Yes. Everyone, everyone. And then like in the hallways, every window. Yeah. So Chibi turns the corner, sees that there are like blood sport <laughs> fights going on, that all the windows are, are broken. What does she say, Jordan? Chibi Yusa says, everybody's playing, even though first period started. <laughs> That's her thought. Like, wow, it's weird that everybody's still out here in the playground having fun. <laughs> yep. yep. What kind and of school is this? And then Luna has to tell her they're not playing, they're fighting. Yeah, which only makes sense if this is the first time Chibiusa has ever seen a fight, which we know is not true. So then she spots Momo, who has been cornered by a bigger kid. A monster <laughs> child. <laughs> I mean, it's an elementary school, so he's probably like a, you know, a fourth or a fifth grader or something. And then Momo kicks the shit out of him. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. 
<laughs> she like she, I don't even know what she does. Like crazy moves where her leg is like up over his head and smashing him in the head. Because she that she's a mini Chun Li. Okay, well, there we've you established go. that. Yep. Finish him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right. Then they show us that she's evil. By having her eyes turn red. You know, the color of Chibi Yusa's eyes all the time. <laughs> the exact color of Chibi Yusa's eyes. Momo says that Oh, by the way, by the way, I'm sorry. Uh, back when, in the deke dub, uh, when Luna sees the fighting, uh, she goes, I wouldn't call this playing. This is a slugfest. <laughs> uh, so Momo sweeps Chibi Yusa's legs, tells her she hates her, and then runs off. Um, a, a, bu- a bunch of see no okay. This episode sucks and is boring. So I think the Deke people were like, oh, we gotta, we gotta turn it up. We gotta add some weird, <laughs> add some weird dialogue. When she beats, when Momo beats the little boy, she says, "Eat asphalt, dweeb," which I thought was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh no, she says that to to Chibi when she when she sweeps which the leg. Weird. She says, Why Eat does asphalt, she sweep her leg and then just like run away? Shouldn't she have just kept beating on her? <laughs> You think? You think? Yeah, that's what this show needs: <laughs> is Chibi Yusa getting pummeled in the face for five minutes. Well, look, the, the thing that I have previously said <laughs> about about GI Joe: The Rise of Cobra is that that movie is not good, but I can never hate that movie because it does have like a ten minute scene of two <laughs> nine year olds just beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> oh, that's man. not something you see in a lot of movies. Luna's like, oh yeah, there's some dark energy here. And Artemis is like, yeah, dark energy. And Luna, in probably the best animated sequence of the show, which uh, it's been a while since we've really specifically called out the animation, but as as kind of boring as this episode is, even though we're talking about it for so long, uh, the animation in this episode is really, really great. I, I, I think, aside from the designs of the monsters... The actual animation is really awesome. When Artemis says, oh, yeah, that's that's dark energy. All right. Luna turns around and is so surprised that her eyes not only get as big as dinner plates, but her crescent moon pops off her head, which I think is a great little uh, visual touch. Again, when she sees the dark energy before Artemis says anything, uh, Deke Dub, she says, (laughs) caterwauling catfish. What is that? Do it. Do it in the accent, Jordan. (laughs) Caterwauling catfish. What is that? And then Artemis goes, it's dark energy. <laughs> oh, my God. You nailed Artemis. Because <laughs> the one the one line Artemis says, it's the first time he sh- or, yeah, the first episode, they're like really dealing with Venus. And he shows up. And he's like, hey, pretty ladies. And the way he says it, it's like the funniest thing. And that's what my sister and I will just randomly do is just like, hey, pretty ladies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Artemis, you're the worst. So Chibi goes into the school, running after Momo, uh, finds that it is basically a level from Fallout 4. Broken glass and overturned desk and like just just shit torn off the walls. <laughs> well, and again, I'll tell you, every single window and door is broken except for the room that she hides in. <laughs> yeah. And and at no point does Chibi Usa go, I should really go home. <laughs> no. Like, at what point do you just give up on school that day? So she goes into a a darkened classroom and she is attacked again by Momo, who is now wielding a mop. And there is also a teacher with a uh, a T-square holding it like an axe. Uh, So there is now a mob of teachers and students uh, trying to bludgeon Chibiusa to death. So she hides in the biology room, which is an elementary school science classroom 
with a full anatomy dummy. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know what kids like is a visible musculature and skeletons. There's two of them. There's 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 just a one with no skin and one that's a skeleton. Yeah, for for the, you know for the for the for the third graders, right? Yeah, that's that's the grade you you learn what yeah, insides yeah, look that's like. The one where you learn about, about it, what happens if you have. It could no be skin. like my elementary school and then until they, they finally divided oh, up because I went to a small school district where it was. Uh, they had, I think it was like third through eighth grade in the same school for a while. But we know that's oh, not yeah. true because she goes. Uh, I always goes forget to the, she's to the, to she's the, in middle, uh, school. middle school. Yeah, Usagi goes to Juban uh, Juban Middle <laughs> or Crossroads Junior High in uh, yep. in the American version. So then uh, they pull this joke, which they are going to pull twice, but this is the first time where the anatomy dummy appears to move and someone freaks out, and then really it was just the cats hiding behind it. Moving it for half a second. Chibi hides in the uh, in the biology lab, avoids Momo. Like, and again, I feel like there would have been a way to do this that would have had a little more tension. But instead, it's just like Momo sticks her head in the room. She's like, oh, "Not in here," and leaves. Artemis runs over to Juban Middle and gets uh, the three students who go there. Sailors who transform uh, Moon, Mercury, outside and of their school. Uh, and in the, in the middle of the day, why not? Just right outside. Yeah. In front right of some windows. Front, like... <laughs> oh <laughs> my hey, God. is that Serena? <laughs> you already knew, Molly. Molly already knows at this point. I think we're, we've established that. My question is, why, like, like, who went to get Ray and and Minako? Who went to whatever school it is that uh that Minako goes to and the TA Academy to get well, those no, two? Nobody. They because when we nobody went to get them, they they have had a parallel adventure where somehow they've both ended up in the park because they're the ones who call the other scouts and say something's going on in the park. Oh, I forgot and then, that. And then the scouts do this incredibly logical thing. Well, they where they go. Well, there's two crises going on with dark magic or dark dark kingdom. Uh, let's split up. Four of us will go to this one, <laughs> and well, you go by yourself. I think it's just because Mercury and Jupiter wanted some time by themselves, racing to the park. So, <laughs> uh, they don't well, have. That's unprofessional of them. If that's the case, the bad guy over at the they park. They have a job to do. They show up like right when the action's done because they were. You know, spending some time together behind a bush or something. <laughs> they Terrible. were studying for math. If you Terrible. thought I was talking about something else, that's on you. Math studying is you, like, look, even I didn't even I didn't pick up on that one. <laughs> well, it, it, like, because it only even comes up at all when you think about the fact that they're literally going. There's already two scouts over there. We're going to send two more. <laughs> Usagi, you go handle an entire school full of rioting children. <laughs> And they That'll didn't even show anything happening at the park other than the bad guy it, being there. It wasn't like there was mass chaos with people. No. As far as we can tell, nothing. We see nothing happening at the park other than that there's a henge and it's big. And like you said, the bad guy's there. So then we cut cut to Usagi showing up at the school going, uh, that's a giant henge. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Well, no, we cut to Usagi going to the school, and the second she steps onto the sidewalk outside the school, a desk comes crashing through the last remaining unbroken window. Yes, that's Full true. Too. Class of 1984. <laughs> so then, back to the back to the park where they're fighting the bad guy. They're love me chaining. They're burning mandolin. <laughs> burning mandolin. 
No, sorry, that's not what I meant. It's not working. The, the bad guy is fine. All of a sudden, shine aqua illusion. You can tell because she's got her arms in this very particular position. If she fires that, guess what? Does nothing. Ju- Jupiter is there too. She doesn't do anything either. And then he's like, oh, cool. You're all here trying to stop this henge. I'm just going to leave. Bye. What? It, it, it's just so weird. He literally says, I'm going to go <laughs> to the elementary school. Yeah, he says, hey, we'll have the showdown <laughs> at this exact place. You know, RSVP. Um, by the way, when you get there, we're going to send you to hell. So, you know, get ready. Yeah. Pre- pre- prepare yourself to go to hell because that's the plan. Cool. Bye. And then he teleports away. What? Why is this happening? What is this? It is. It makes no sense. I don't know what is going on. Yeah. So it's, this, this episode's a mess. Well, because <laughs> once they get there, on. though. They box them in and are like hurting them. So maybe the the goal is because once the twins are together, they can. So then just be together. What? Why are you setting up two things? Yeah, it, the the whole thing where there's two hinges is so completely unnecessary to the plot. Like you Especially, you don't lose anything if you completely remove the hinge from the the middle school or from from the park. I mean, park. because you could even have the scene where like. You know, hey, this school is really big. We got to split up and find Chibiusa, and you still get to have the scene where yeah. Usagi goes into the lab on her own. Yeah, the, the 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 two, especially considering that the two hinges blow each other up. Like when they beat one, it beats the other one. Yeah. it's not like they blow up the park one first and then go. Now let's go get the school one. The park one blows up when the school one blows up. Yeah, which which also makes no sense because actually now that now that I think about that, it seems like they should have just gone. No, we're not going to follow that guy. Blow up that hinge, and then they blow up the hinge, and then they win. Both hinges would blow up. I don't know. So Usagi goes into the biology lab looking for Chibiusa, and again, they do the same gag again with the skeleton. Uh, that it turns out Chibiusa was behind, just pushing in her blind desire to hug her mom. Uh, spoiler warning. Do we still not know that? Do we still not know that? The audience does, but the characters don't. Okay. But then it turns out to be a double fake out because the monster just appears uh, with dust coming off his fingers for some reason. Yeah, I, I have no I idea what that's about. I mean, it makes sense that he appears. Sailor Moon screams when a skeleton tries to hug her. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> so, so then this monster, then the, one who, come off. Yeah, the one who looks like casual Kenzai goes to literally punch Usagi in the face and she ducks and freaks out and her... Odongos and uh, Ponytails remain in the air where they were, which, again, if this episode has to be this bad, I'm so glad it has all these fun little animation touches because they're really cute. Uh, Also really cute is that when Usagi runs out, she has uh, Chibiusa by the (laughs) hand and she is pulling her through midair. She tries to do her speech, but the monster cuts her off. And stops her mid-speech uh, so she can't do her I'll punish you speech. Um, and then when you cut back to her after she, the monster cuts her off, you, you realize that she was doing her speech <laughs> sitting on the floor. <laughs> yes. She was going to be doing – she was just waving her arms around, but she was sitting in the middle of the hallway full floor. Yeah, which is adorable. Uh, so casual consite <laughs> and player two casual consite uh, – <laughs> Doom and in the hallway, doom and gloom. They, they attack, and then Momo shows up, and she is, she has a, she has a choke grip on that, on that broom. 
I think I said it was a mop earlier. I think it's a push broom. But she is ready to to swing for the fences on Chibiusa. Uh, <laughs> and so that's how the episode ends. This is just a child beats Chibiusa and uh, and Isagi to death with a broom. Really weird. Uh, no. Unfortunately. Well, no, because I don't want Isagi to die. Uh, unfortunately, uh, someone comes and does bubble spray. The, the most devastating attack. It makes them pause momentarily. It's, it certainly does do that. Can I tell you? Jupiter says something, I forget what, probably like, you know, you're all a bunch of creeps or something. Um, but then uh, Mercury says a line in the Deke dub, which I was like, why did she say that? She says to Doom and Gloom, you may be stronger than us, what? but we've got love on our side. That's that's not as bad as a much weirder one that we're going to get in the next episode. That's a very similar line. Sure, uh, so sure. keep that in mind for the next week. So, and, we, and it's not because she just spoke after Jupiter, because the Deke people certainly <laughs> weren't thinking that. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere, dude. Everywhere. The Deke people are definitely not shipping any of the scouts. You, you say that <laughs> very authoritatively, but have you spoken to anyone at Deke <laughs> about it? I don't think you have, because I think I would know about it if you have. There are canonical, actual, textual, confirmed relationships between scouts and the Deke dub takes them out. <laughs> yeah, but like they, they leave well, the subtle the ones way. in. They leave the subtle ones in. I mean, it, okay, if, okay. if it were concrete, sure. they would have made them cousins. So, but since I didn't. Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot of lightning that gets thrown around. Uh, eventually, like Momo, like really tries to, to take Chibius's head off. But then for some reason, just kind of random right did i miss something like the power of friendship prevails and then uh um, momo saves chibiusa from getting lightninged let me see yeah no it's because someone else is gonna kill her yeah it's it's no reason oh also i do want to mention that uh that he when he shoots lightning at when the monster shoots lightning at them i forget at which one she's he's shooting at he yells out drop dead uh which i was like i want that to be his move but it's not like that's not he's not using his drop dead move because it's Jupiter and Jupiter does not drop dead. I've got news. She just gets uh, painfully zapped. Yeah. So then we get a weird kaleidoscope flash of all the stuff that's happened to Crystal Tokyo, including a very, very clear view of a uh, winged prom dressed. Uh, Usagi oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit behind you and clearly in my rewatch. You forgot about rabbit, the whole rabbit thing. We find out that Chibi has she she's she heals she heals Momo with her with her magic. With her, with her moonbeams. Yeah. yeah. She she has kind of a flip out. I did I did kind of miss that. I thought she was just flipping out for no reason. But yes, the moonbeams no, no, heal Momo. Momo shoves uh Chibiusa out of the way of some lightning. We get a kaleidoscopic flashback to flashback slash flash forward. <laughs> It's time yeah. travel <laughs> relative flashback to the future. <laughs> yes. The, the absolute future, the relative past uh, where we see uh, Usagi as uh, Neo Queen Serenity. With I her wish I had that as my dress. prom dress. Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you, it looks like she's pushing Chibiusa out of the way of a nuclear blast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's, I mean, look, there's a lot of nuclear blast imagery in anime in general. <laughs> But yes, Neo Neo Crystal Tokyo is about to EXPLODE uh, in, in this in this flashback. And if you get if you get pushed aside by another well, person, she, she you're has safe. Like, after that flashback, she has the crescent appear on her head, 
And she is going like crazy. And what's funny is because of the shadows it creates mm-hmm. on her eyes, it looks like she is really like she's a little kid that got into her mom's makeup and put horrible blue eyeshadow over top of her eyes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Yeah, I do like that it is a weird acknowledgement that in an anime <laughs> the eyes are so big that they would have shadows cast on them <laughs> from her brows. Uh, but yeah, Chibi goes uh, Super Saiyan for a little bit, just e- explodes in a flash of light. So it's so it's so powerful <laughs> that a thousand years in the future, people notice it. Yeah, like they turn around, going, "What? What was that? What, what? was that? What? A thousand years ago?" <laughs> uh so so yes yeah, she goes she goes like uh yeah super 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 powered blasting energy everywhere what does it do I, nothing and exhausts really. her like it just kicks the bad guys out of the room yeah that's all it does i mean uh and and make people in the future notice it it's it's uh, so, so powerful then, that it travels through time and also maybe, takes her hair maybe out of her healed everyone nose, in the school which again not enough it. hair <laughs> i mean they yeah they don't acknowledge it so maybe uh, but yes, in the future, uh, Prince Diamond is going, what was that? That was a power we never heard of before. Yeah, that was a thing that happened a thousand years ago that we've never heard of. <laughs> yes, which makes no sense. Time travel, not working in the show. Uh, yes, and then no sense. No sense with this. <laughs> so then uh, 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 Wise Man is like, yeah, she's like way more powerful Maybe than we I thought she is. Maybe I should kidnap her and uh, age her and twist let's her. Let's not kill her. <laughs> Just a thought, just spitballing here. <laughs> Maybe. Now, all this time, presumably, <laughs> Memoru Chiba has been just looking around at this elementary school being like, what's the most ridiculous thing I could stand on? Should I stand on the top of the slide? No, I think I've done that one before. Maybe I could, like, ride the swings and kind of, like, jump off the swings and float. <laughs> oh, no, here we go. Merry-go-round. <laughs> Like a weird merry-go-round. Yeah, look at it. I don't, I don't even know if kids could get into it. Right, right. So I, is the whole point you just run around holding it? No, I think you can get into it. I I'm think you might it. just hold on to the outside, and it's a interesting test of centrifugal force for children. No, I think you can get into it. The holes don't look that big, but until but you actually compare them to the size what, five, of five, nine. Not he's, according to the wiki. I think he's six feet tall. Because he's like, you guys looked it up a few episodes ago. I remember that. Hang on. Let me get, let me open up the RPG book. I thought he was a full, I thought he was a full foot taller. No, no, Chris, he's the same height as you. And I said, not if you include his hat. That's that's true. (laughs) If I, that's how I remember it going. I might be wrong. But yeah, he's he's just slowly rotating on top of this Thunderdome merry-go-round, which I believe was probably built by the children to have their battles to the death. Now to that go in, one anarchy come out. has descended upon Jivan Public Elementary School. Exactly. Two, two kids enter, one kid leave. Um, uh, well, he does give the helpful <laughs> advice that Taylor Moon teach these villains the ABCs of justice. Now, do you think justice. he has like a bunch of these <laughs> cheesy one-liners uh, and like speeches kind of like the sailor moon says at the end where he just has a bunch prepared and he's like okay what what is this is this a situation where i could use this no no not quite right veterinary school this is an elementary school so i I need to change it up a little bit and then he he's like this is the one abcs yeah yeah okay according to the guardians of order sailor moon role-playing and resource book darian shields aka memory chiba aka tuxedo mask aka moonlight knight (laughs) A.K.A. Prince Endymion, stands at 6'2". What? Which wow. means he is 
oh 15 inches taller than Usagi. That's believable. Something unusual happens now. Uh, something that I don't remember ever seeing happen before. Sailor Moon starts doing her final move. And while she's doing her build-up sequence, <laughs> the bad guys go, we're going to leave. Yeah, again, <laughs> instead of developing gimmicks, these two guys just put on tank tops and we're like, okay, let's figure out how not to die. <laughs> <laughs> so they try to, like, phase down into the ground and they're about to leave when Jupiter, Jupiter thunders the ground. Which, by the way, causes a ton more damage to this school that is going to have to get fixed. But she thunders the ground and, like, crack, uh, cracks open the ground and they get zapped. And that uh, stops them long enough for Sailor Moon to murder them. Yeah, I mean, it's a really cool effect. But, yeah, Juban, Juban Public Elementary is a wash. Juban Public Elementary is condemned <laughs> now. Every window is broken. Uh, the ground has been torn up by lightning. Kid I'm going to say, as a twin, I was just very happy that they died together instead of apart. That really touched me. Oh. <laughs> no, there it just go. got I didn't even think about that. Yeah, which I was like, is, oh, it's perfect. Did you choose this episode because of twins? No. Yeah, and then I'm like, uh. Until you then watched it and went, oh. <laughs> So then Esmeralda shows up just to be like, ah, God damn it. And she gets real mad. She's not doing her fake it to make it that she normally does. She snaps her fan in half in anger. And somehow when you snap your fan in half, it becomes like a bomb that you can throw. Except then Prince Diamond calls her direct from a thousand years in the future. And, and says, does she have an earpiece? <laughs> Stop doing Could that. Because she holds her hand up to your ear like, oh, uh, oh. Come home. Get, got, Apparently, get the right yes, reception she's here. Bluetooth thing. <laughs> Hang on, I'm getting a call. to the future. She's got her, her Black Moon Bluetooth going. Black tooth. <laughs> Can we pinpoint the exact moment where the show stopped making any sense? <laughs> I mean, it's around the Rini part, right? Although, no, yeah, Alan got, and like, It's got to be when the Black Moon Clan shows up. I don't know. It might have been at the point where they said, let's have them forget everything and then re-remember everything slowly for no reason. Yeah, it's pro- probably so. Uh, so the next day, they are visiting Memo or uh, Momo in the hospital <laughs> where she has suffered a head injury uh, from being zapped by, uh, by Black Lightning. So if you ever get struck by evil lightning... Wait, Chris, get this. Get this joke. Now, Chibi is visiting her in bed. <laughs> in, in the words of, of George Lucas, it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> For some reason, the two children think that's quite funny. Ugh. Well, <laughs> and, uh, and that's they, it, they right? established that. The episode? Do we need to continue? Like, hey, uh, I'm from the future and we got to go there to save my mom because I had a flashback while I was triggered at the school. So we got to do this. And then there's a random sign saying hi, posse. Yeah. Which is, which is like looking out on she the, was, I don't know. They must be at the top of the hospital. <laughs> what? And I didn't this, see that. Again, it's just like, oh, okay, random English. Yeah. We'll go with it. So yeah, she goes, I got to get to the future. They go, how are you going to do that? She's like, I've got a key that takes me to the future. I haven't been able to use it yet, but I'm going to try again for no reason. This time it'll work. <laughs> uh, come with me. And they go, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> are, we getting, are we getting closer to the end of the season? Yeah, let's do this. Give it a go. The end. <laughs> right? <laughs> for for an episode where I literally have two notes. Wow. I had more um, than that. One of which is just, that is clearly not enough hair. We sure did talk about this one. 
I, I had my last two notes were bad episode and then Rini Sodes suck. <laughs> so I feel like we learned a lot. Uh, now, again, we are in the era of recycled uh, Sailor Moon Sezes. But there have been episodes before where children have fought. There was the the one about the uh, the the kids who. Do you remember the one I'm talking about? The one with the the kids. Like I, there was the one where Venus got her new power for a minute. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The kids in it with Alan and Wheels on the bus episode. The wheels on the bus episode. Yeah, that one. But there was another one too, right? With the the I, I guess it was the one with Shingo's friend who who loved Sailor Moon. Like there was there was some kids fighting in that. Oh, do we yeah, do we get any that. of those in our Sailor Moon says, or is it just completely random this week? Completely random. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. If people start thinking you're a flake, you get treated like a flake. I speak from personal experience. You just don't know if she's gonna be there for you. She's never on time for anything. She never takes anything seriously. We just can't count on her. You lose more than your friends respect when you're unreliable. You miss out on all sorts of opportunities because people don't believe you'll come through for them. So don't be a flake. Flakes miss out on all sorts of stuff. Oh, do practice what you preach, Serena. I remember this one. (laughs) What was it from? I don't remember what it was from. I don't remember what it was from, but I remember how angry we were about it. (laughs) You just can't count on her. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, you you kill the monster next time then, you assholes. <laughs> Why would they choose this one? I have no I have no idea. Like it cuz nobody is a flake in this episode at no. all. Nobody flakes out at all in this episode. So obviously it falls to us to improve it. It's time for Sailor Businesses, where we talk about what we learned. Uh, Vanessa, we will start with you. What did you learn from this episode? I learned when the heroine is doing their 20-second long attack maneuver, you should try to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Don't just stick around to be killed. So that's a good one. Drop, drop into the ground if you can. Yes. But you know, weirdly enough, all of these monsters seem to have the ability to teleport, and none of them ever do it. That's also a good point. Very good point. Uh, Jordan, what did you learn? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit on the show that we've been doing for 80 episodes. I know. I learned that Rini episodes suck. No, 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 that's not it. Well, I learned the true the true damages that happen if an entire school worth of children go crazy. Uh, and it's pretty bad. I would not want to... Well, I was going to say I would not want to be a teacher in that school, but I guess... The teachers went crazy, too, and they probably had the advantage over the kids and probably just beat the crap out of those kids. I wonder why they didn't show those scenes, actually, now that you mention it. (laughs) I think I know why. I think I know why they didn't show them. I don't get it. I don't understand. Chris, what did you learn? I learned that if you are a kid and you go to school and all you see is a massive fist fight going on in the playground and all the windows broken and stuff just flying through the walls, uh, just still try and get to first period. Just still <laughs> see if you can get into homeroom. Yeah. Uh, don't just turn around and go home. Oh, I just realized something. Okay. Yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why doesn't any of this stuff affect them? Is it because they're Sailor Scouts? Because because what we said we said oh well she shows up late and that's why she but that doesn't make any sense because would that mean like everybody showed up and everybody was fine and then they did something that made everyone turn crazy yeah it was look it's got to be right at eight a.m. <laughs> right <laughs> right when the bell goes off is when oh when it's they the bell that does it 
It's the bell that makes you crazy. Yeah, uh, this episode does not make any sense. <laughs> uh, the n- Nothing about this episode makes sense. No. Does the characters' actions make any sense? The time travel stuff is way off the map in this one. And it's like... It for this to be the episode where they're like, okay, this is this is the breaking point. It's time to go into the future. It's such a weird monster of the week nonsense episode. Like they they recycle the same gag. The villains are just literally long haired dudes in tank tops. It's it's a, a pretty it's a pretty big low point. I think. Uh, yeah, Vanessa, what are what are your thoughts on the episode? Yeah, overall, it's pretty bad. It. The nice thing is, is that I think overall it's one of the last fillers for the season. I think most of the ones from here on out are actually have a bit of plot to it. So unfortunately, it was just it, I have the feeling that they were all just like, Ugh, okay, what idea do you have? And they just kind of threw. I think like twins. Okay, uh, yeah, that'll work. I mean, here's the thing though. You you, you say filler. And I don't always like the term filler because some of the filler episodes are amazing. It's it's filler. It's a filler episode because it's not like moving the the overall plot forward. But this one is especially bad because it also just has nothing going for it that is fun and cute. There's there's plenty of filler episodes that are like let's focus on that character and then like give them some 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 depth or some something funny or something cool that happens. And this is just like garbage. I, my, my my real question is, what's worse, this one or the one where they went into Rini's dream? And I'm like, I don't know. No, you know what's what? worse? The Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Rini's spotlight episodes are not the best. They really are the worst. Actually, actually. Th- that's the issue, is that she, at this point, she's not a likable enough character to want to have spotlight episodes on her. But I feel like this episode is an attempt to kind of change that. Like, all of Rini's annoying traits are gone in this episode like she's not she's not whiny she's not mean to anybody she has a friend who she cares about but there's nothing to replace them yeah but there's like she she's just bred the closest that you've got to replacing them is her being late for school in a oh look she's just like usagi way but then she's not just like usagi for the rest of the episode she doesn't do anything funny she doesn't do anything charming Uh, i mean again like out of all the Rini like Rini focused episodes, I'm trying to think if there are any like that that I've like enjoyed so far. And I think the ones I have enjoyed most are the ones where she is annoying because that is a personality. <laughs> the the better version of this episode is Die Hard with Momo. Is <laughs> is a five year old kung fu girl fighting her way out of an elementary school that has gone completely bananas on her? Not not a, not a favorite, and I hate it when we're so negative on these episodes. But yeah, it's a bummer. It's a but bummer. But you know, fun to talk about. Very very skippable to watch. Not even there's not even any good Esmeralda stuff in this one. No. Which considering we had that episode where Esmeralda w- was in a bath for two days. <laughs> Like two straight days of bathing, it's it's a real real letdown because we're we're kind of coming to the end of of the Hilias Murad era, and I don't want to see her go out like this. I want more fun stuff. Uh. Oh, and I I love her. I love the woman that did her voice in the original Deke dub because she did I think Zoisite Esmeralda and uh, I can't remember her name. It's like Cowlin or Cowlinite or something in the third season. Okay. And she was amazing. She had the best anime laugh. It's yeah, it's pretty awesome. So one one more question. You've mentioned having a twin a couple times, uh, Vanessa. 
how how did yeah. this uh, th- how did this episode hold up in terms of uh, twin portrayal? <laughs> we were kind of disappointed. Aww. But and and also I hate I hate when they do twins where they make the like rhymy names or like almost identical names mm-hmm. because that's so cliched. And and I know like I went to school, I had my class I had a class of eighty, and we had five sets of twins in my class. Wow, that seems improbable. It, yeah. It does. I think only three of us were identical, though. That's the thing. I have an identical twin. So, and my my parents purposely gave us different sounding names because they're like they're different people. Give them I, their own identities. No, let's just do doom and gloom because ha ha ha. They they're rhymy names. Uh, uh, names that they have used before on the show. Yeah. Well, very frustrating. I mean, they weren't names. They and were, and, like, and to title. be fair to them, it was three years earlier. It wasn't. It wasn't last year like <laughs> it was with us. Now, you mentioned before we started recording, uh, Vanessa, that you watched both this episode and next week's episode that we're going to talk about uh, once with your your sister and once with your boyfriend. You got some different reactions. Did did they have anything to say about this one? Yeah, like the boyfriend, he was really confused by Luna P. He's like, why is there a floating cat ball? (laughs) And I'd explain to him. And then he was really happy. He's like, you know, it's kind of annoying that they always do the transformation sequences, but I'm happy they do because I'm not really sure which scout it which scout is which because he, he knows who Jupiter is because I love Jupiter. Uh, he knows Sailor Moon and he knows Venus because he read Sailor V uh, to review it for an episode. But uh, Mercury and Mars, he wasn't a hundred percent on. And, and just, yeah, he just kept laughing at different things. And he just kept going. This is so nineties. Cause he, he watched like Dragon Ball Z and Rama and all that stuff. <laughs> and like, like the little musical bumpers, he's like, you don't do that in shows anymore. That is a very nineties thing. Yeah. It's like, Hey, the show's back on. Come see it. Well, with that, I think we have come to the end of uh Sailor Moon, our episode 81. Uh, before we leave Vanessa, uh, can you tell us where everyone can find you and your podcast online? Yes. If you, you can find the podcast on iTunes uh, under anime pulse or you can visit anime-pulse.com where the episodes are posted. And there's also my Twitter, which is AP underscore Vanessa underscore for Anime Pulse. And that's, yeah, that's really it. That's where you can find me. Great. You can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. Uh, you can also find our producer, Jay, uh, Jake Mason, at JJ underscore Mason. Chris, how about you? You can find me on Twitter at the ISB. Uh, that's T-H-E-I-S-B. That's my Twitter and Tumblr. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Sailor Business, and you can email the show if you have any questions or anything you want us to see, any fan art, uh, any any cosplay. It's We're getting real into the heart of convention season, so uh, any cool Sailor Moon cosplay that you see, we would love to see as well. Just, you know, ask, ask permission to take pictures. <laughs> it doesn't take t- any time. Just say, hey, do you mind if I take your picture? It's a, it's a con etiquette thing, everybody. But yeah, Sailor Business Podcast at gmail.com is where you can send anything that you want us to see, any questions. We are booked up on guests through the end of R, but I will be putting up the call once we get into S again. We've had a lot of people express interest in coming on the show that I'm very, very excited about. People like Vanessa, who who emailed the last time I put the call out. You can also uh, read X-Men 92 in, at Comixology or your local comic book store. I co-write that, and Jordan is the editor. Uh, we will be back next week with Sailor Moon R episode 82, Journey to the Future, Battle in the Space-Time Corridor in which it takes 20 minutes to walk 10 feet. Until then, keep your mind on sailor business.
morning catfish. What was that? Obviously, it's the Negamoon fur brain. Aren't you the brilliant one, Tuna Breath? 